Everybody, welcome to Sonic Talk number 286, recording today live Wednesday the 10th of October. Um, we would have actually been uh, saying, well, see that bloke falling from the sky 23 miles, but we're not. So instead we can say, I know it's the 10th because it's my birthday tomorrow. Ha-ha! Ooh. There we go. Spring that one on. Too late for anybody to send me any massive gifts. Although I think Interflora still deliver before 10 if you uh, order between <coughs> 3 and 5. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I don't want any flowers. Forget it. So uh, I want to say thank You're you. I know. Uh, I didn't think I was. It was just really an observation. I've just need to um, need to figure out um, how this is going to work because we have a, an unusual three-way Skype action layout, but we've also got an unusual uh, guest in the fact that Mr. Dave Robinson from ProSound News Europe, who we haven't actually had on the show for a while. A while. Let's see if I can bring him up there now. I think I'm going to have to do just. just oops. Oh dear, it's just decided to bonk the video. Brilliant, thank you very much. Group video is suddenly unavailable, so has it just got rid of everybody? Dave, are you there? Yeah. Hmm, okay. Ah, it'll come back. Got Dave uh, Robinson, Dave Smith. This is, this is a good start then, isn't it? So uh, I've got this sort of rather plain blue icon of you. Can you switch your video back on, please, Dave? Uh... It might require, Dave Robinson, it might require a bit of um, on and off from you. How's that? Yay! Thank you very much. Dave Robinson, prosoundnewseurope.com, man about town. Busy guy. You've been saying you're going to come on the show for, I've lost count. I was waiting until, I've I've been purposefully not sounding too disappointed. I thought I'd wait till you came on live and then give you a really hard time about it. Oh, nice. (laughs) No. Um, How are you? You must have been busy. You you up to to a lot? Uh, Well, I was on holiday last week, actually. Oh, Nice. Uh, I don't speak. Could you do me a favour and uh, tilt your webcam back a bit so that we're not cutting the top of your head off? I, I prefer that. Yeah, okay. I don't want you to see the grey hairs that are sort of forming here. Well, at least you got some. Well, <laughs> that's true. So, Dave, how are you? Uh, I'm very good. Uh, yes. I was, uh, uh, yeah, I was away on holiday last week and um, I'm suitably refreshed. Excellent. What's way. going on in, your, in, the, in the crazy world of uh, commercial audio and uh, sound reinforcement? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, what's the next thing that we're looking forward to? I suppose the AES show is the next big thing. San Francisco, is, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not going, but uh, some uh, colleagues of mine are. And um, we shall see uh, a whole range of American uh, companies doing their thing. There'll be lots of mic preamps and uh, boutique microphones. You no could doubt. be right. And, and no, let's not forget networked audio. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What we need is another standard. Uh, well, exactly, because uh, you can never get enough of those, can you? Yes, well, perhaps there'll be a bit more about that later, because I have an idea for a topic. Oh. Anyway, Dave, thank you very much for joining us. Um, well, and now we're going to go live to uh, to somewhere near Reading to Mr. Dave Robinson. Dave Spears, no. sorry, it's a double Dave week. So I, I, as I, I, I did mean to have some sort of jingle for that, but I haven't. Dave's on the phone. I was just, um, yeah, so I'll be with you two seconds, Nick. Can you just, I'm, I'm just on the phone. Can you arrange a redhead and a blonde to buy for tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm only joking. Actually, it's Chris's today, so happy birthday, Chris. And it's a big one. Oh, 21. 
Blimey. Yeah, amazing. Isn't amazing. It? And Dave Spears, G4 Software, make us a fine software musical instrument, as you may have noticed. In fact, as your, um, as your room behind you empties, the light is growing. Have you actually put new light bulbs in? No, no. I'm, I'm doing some filming, so there is a, a special light. There is a light in here. Ah, right. Okay. I thought I'd leave it on. Yeah, why not? <laughs> anyway, Dave, thank you very again also very much for joining us too. And uh, while we're there, we'll, we'll go over and see Mr. Mark Tinley, who's... No, that's not Mark Tinley. I've got my buttons the wrong way around because it's a new layout. Mark Tinley, over there in, uh, in his kitchen. Likebeing.com, sound designer, sound artist, creative thinker. Uh, without shades today. Yeah, without shades. It's... It wasn't sunny, but I don't know what it is about the Sonic State podcast, but the sun has started to come out. You can see it reflecting off my hand there. I'm being a, a sound engineer at the moment as well. My brother asked me to mix something for him, and I've been sending him different mixes, and he's been saying, I really like what you've done to it, but I preferred it the way I had it. <laughs> How diplomatic. As only brothers can like do. I like the sound of the vo- voice, what you've done to that. Can you just send me the stem and I'll stick that in my mix? <laughs> and I'm like, thinking, okay. Well, I suppose that's fair enough, isn't it? At least it's something right. I, yeah. I, you know, that's, that's good. Good, good. I Is think it... he's more of a control freak than I am, actually, and I think I'm allowed to say that about him. Yeah, I, th- I think you probably are qualified. Yeah. Anyway, Mark, thank you for joining us also. Um, a pleasure to have you aboard. And uh, also, thanks to everybody in the chat room, sonicstate.com forward slash live. Um, we know where that is because um, you would be watching it. But if you're not watching it and you're watching this on YouTube later or listening on iTunes, sonicstate.com forward slash live, 4 p.m. UK time is when all this larky sort of takes place. Anyway. Uh, right. Ah, first setup. This was... Um, this is... Check this out for a home setup. Hi, I'm Robert Rodriguez. Welcome to Troublemaker Studios. Behind me is what used to be my garage, which I never parked a car in, and as you can see, I've covered over the doors. There's the three garage doors with rock, because I always use it for editing. And uh, now I've had to actually expand on it a little bit. Nice pad. It also houses the mixing stage, music recording, special effects, and sound editing. Let's have a look. This main garage room is now the mix room. It's been the pipe dream of every movie maker to be able to have his own mixing stage uh, in his city or home. And uh, it was never really feasible. A board usually costs about a million dollars to get a good board. Well, those days are gone because what this is isn't real. It's It's a virtual board. There's no audio actually passing through it. It's a giant mouse. <laughs> I, love, I love that. It's a giant mouse. That's, a, that's actually quite an astute uh, observation there. Uh, really, there's the only thing, the only reason I put this in here is because it just popped up in one of my feeds and I, and I thought, oh, I'd love to have a place like that to work in. I mean, it's kind of a, the home thing. And uh, the idea of being able to do all that kind of stuff at home, and, uh, Robert Rodriguez has obviously made a few indie movies and uh, used that to fund his fabulous working area. And it's probably very uh, cool that you're here, actually, Dave, because Dave Robinson, because oh. you get to go and visit people in places like that and kind of um, talk about their installations, don't you? Are there many of them about in the UK, those kind of large, sort of tacked onto the home type stuff, or is it pretty much your, only, your standard facility? Well, in my experience, the the sort of glamorous, tacked onto the home type stuff, you don't tend to see because um, people don't want to to make it public. 
that uh, that that's what they've got. You know, if they've spent thousands and thousands, and in the case of Robert Rodriguez, I'd say you know a, a million or so on putting something together, probably doesn't want to um, make it too obvious. Well, that's true. Uh, what he's got and where it is. Um, the the uh, in terms of something like that 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 I would have seen. Yeah, I have I have seen a few things like that, but but generally they don't get used as uh, as commercial uh, studios. Uh, it will be um, it will be something that will only have a limited access to to people who want to come in and uh, and do their own stuff. I mean, Robert Rodriguez there, he could obviously rent that out for uh, for other people to do their thing, but I'm sure he doesn't need to. Um, I think, in fact, actually. he does. Yeah, I mean, he does do that because uh, he uh, oh. he's got a. I think a, a website which I haven't got a page of, that, and, and obviously that's where they do some of the dubs and what have you. It's kind of, kind of a fairly cool setup. I like the look of that control surface. That really does kind of. Uh, that's that's something that you'd feel happy sw- swiveling in your swivelly chair behind, wouldn't it? You feel important <laughs> enough. It's interesting actually if you watch because uh, I watched it a couple of minutes into the, uh, the the film. There, it gets quite technical. He gets his engineer to talk. Uh, talk you through what the, the setup is and then he goes and shows you his uh, he's got a writing room I think and a sort of a, a note uh, a sort of a scribbling room around the back and he talks a bit like that it, it, I wonder who that is actually aimed at that, that bit of footage I don't know really I think it's I think it's, it's probably a sort of pu- slightly puff piece but also this is a really cool place to come and work and, and I'm guessing it sort of is really yeah I, love, I like the dramatic music behind as well <laughs> Yeah, you could tell he's a film producer because he put a massive explosion in there and lots of kind of alpha channel stuff. So, yeah, it's just it's, a, it's an advert, I guess. Um, Dave Spears, you're, uh, you're moving to, to better climbs, as we've said. Is, is your facility going to be anything like that when it's kind of done? Oh, what? My, uh, yeah, well, maybe in a year it'll be... Uh, no, it won't ever be anything like that. We live in such a tiny little country where everything's piled on top of each other. We've got no yeah. room to spread out, have we, really? Well, that's true, yeah. And if you wore a cowboy hat, Dave, you could, uh, you could look a bit like Robert Rodriguez, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. I could try that. <laughs> but I'd probably get arrested. Um, I thought it was a really cool studio, but it hasn't got a window. And that's the big thing for me. Yeah, you thought all that garage door action. Mind you, I mean, who knows where it... Um you know where where it is like you say you know people don't always want to kind of broadcast the uh, that's part of the problem isn't it people like us who you kind of you want to do these studio tour type things and uh, yeah you know sort of you can understand that people don't really want people to know where they are because it's uh, it's that sort of privacy that uh, that they people value when they get to to be and, in that sort of vibe and in some cases they don't want other people in there at all yeah that's why they so did the it in the first place be completely surrounded you know there'll be one chair and then everything else full up with stuff. It must be a very difficult um, formula because, as we also know, people in that position do like to blag free stuff as much as possible. So you've got this kind of terrible dilemma of, I want the free stuff, and I want people to know that, but but I realise that there is a trade-off, and somebody's going to have to come and take a photograph of me smiling with my new monitors, mouse, you know, Mm. desk, software, whatever... And that that's problematic because it sort of goes against you know it's it's a it's a, it's a tricky one I'd imagine isn't it? Uh, I'm not so sure how much uh, people are getting free these days. Cheaper I would, then? I would suspect yeah, they're heavily discounted with the the deal being being that someone can take a take a photo. I think there are uh, long term loan. I, would, I think is the phrase that's used. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. But I would like to stick my neck out and say that. My experience of this industry, there are fewer and fewer people who are just giving stuff away. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's not really uh, in their interest to give anything away if in times of austerity. But, uh, you know, discounts, yes, but giving stuff away, not so much. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know, Mark, are you working towards the uh, the Dream Studio? I mean, you've got you've got a setup in your basement, haven't you? I have got a setup in my basement. Um, it's oh, not quite I'm not getting the button it. pressing at all right today. I'm sorry, Mark. This is very. Uh, sh- I'm ashamed of myself. Start again. Hello. Hello, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got the lower third as well. Fabulous. I have got a setup in my basement, but obviously it's not. Well, not obviously, but it isn't quite as uh, as uh, exciting as that. I mean, what? really struck me about that was that he said they had four hd rigs mm. strapped together and that was like two was the film in 2004 so uh yeah that, so it was I'm one for dialogue one for music and one for foley and something else wasn't it well that's like uh, they're probably working at 48 if they're working in film in 2004 so that's 512 tracks isn't it i've got i've forgotten how to do maths that's a lot of tracks yeah it's a lot of tracks isn't it to, to like be thinking about all that different stuff going on and and i mean i you know it, i suppose i've seen other studios of that kind of size and stature who, who are doing um sound effects for film and they had like various different pro tools booths around the place but to have it strapped together with one big control surface i thought that was quite interesting actually um and am i aspiring towards that no <laughs> very far away from that yeah. i want to i just want to go back in the laptop actually i do th- I, there's something nice about being able to open a laptop and just go now where was i and put and the, that thing that gav got me into the week before last the virtual room thing um that's quite impressive so that's the focus right vrm technology right yeah actually that is actually better than i expected it would be so theoretically i should be able to open a laptop anywhere and go now where was i and be back in that it's a virtual space so i'm carrying my virtual space around with me on my head like in my cans and i'm carrying my entire studio around with me in a laptop and they are fast enough to do that now i think so it's i i I just like the idea that maybe i can uh I don't know, go and sit in a cave somewhere. That's an interesting idea, actually, yeah. Just this mix a bit, you know. Yeah. So the visual visual aspect of the studio can change quite a lot without having any effect on the audio. I suppose that's what intrigues me. I could be sitting in the middle of a field and it will sound the same, or I could be in a cave, or I could be in a hotel room in Paris or New Orleans or... Or at... um, Haven't I been? China. Yeah. (laughs) On the Great Wall. Yeah. Why ever not? I know interest, it is an interesting idea, that the idea of taking a space with you in your headphones. I mean, it's still, you know, it's still in its infancy, but it's, uh, yeah, they've done, done a great job with that. Um, right, let's, um, let's move on. This is uh, another interesting uh, piece of news, which I think Dave Spears found. Uh, and this is the news that SoundCloud are partnering up with Getty Images and Music uh, so users can sync license track for commercial use. There's basically going to be a button when you upload stuff that allows you to say, yeah, I'll let this, you know, I presumably it also says, yes, this is mine to license. And it allows you to kind of put it into the pool so that Getty can then take that stuff and put it into the um, into their pool of stuff that they would then license to their moving image and people would license from them and you get a slice of it. And it looks like, bizarrely, that SoundCloud aren't getting anything from it apart from the added user kind of pool. So it's quite an interesting idea. I mean, Dave Spears, you, you posted this one. Um, what was it about it that kind of... Are you thinking, oh, maybe I can put all of those um, G4 synth demos up? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And loads of other stuff. Um, no, I just thought it was really interesting. It was a good little bit of synergy. And I know quite a few people who do library music. And what's fascinating is that sometimes, you know, when they kind of get lucky, they work for like five years and then all of a sudden they end up with a sort of reasonable revenue stream. Reasonable, not brilliant. Reasonable revenue stream for not actually doing a huge amount. So they kind of put the five years of graft in. And I thought, oh, this is quite interesting. I know somebody who, uh, somebody else who submits kind of pictures to Getty Images, and I just like the kind of convergence of the two. I thought it was really interesting and simple, and also from a developer's point of view or somebody who kind of produces videos and stuff like that. I'm always on. I get bored of my own demo stuff, so I'm always on the lookout for new and interesting and kind of quirky stuff. So I like the idea of just being able to trawl through, you know. A kind of slightly left field database and go, oh, is that available for license? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay, let's tick that and let's have that now. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to know what, what, because I mean, traditionally, the the major agencies who deal with licensing for web, say, if we were doing an interview or something and we wanted a music bed and we went to, or, or, or some footage, you know, of a, I don't know, somebody felling a tree, for instance, whatever. I mean, you know, there's the, it's actually really quite expensive for web, for, it, it's still, you know, pricey because they just see the potential audience. They don't see the actuality mm. of it. And it's a very difficult charging model. Um, I don't know, Dave, Dave Robinson, we actually know, um, we have a mutual friend who does this, don't we? Um, we do, indeed. Mr. Pam, me on music. Um, he used to do a lot of video production for us and started us doing doing all the kind of idents for the podcast and ran some podcasts as well. And, and he did exactly that, I think, which was to sort of basically take his... Uh, um, wrong button again to take to, to work hard at it and now you know it, it just it, it's like a sort of back catalogue that he, he uses um does this have any interest are you because you've been telling me also uh, another one of your uh, statements is i'm getting back into making music myself is this going to be a sideline you might consider <laughs> uh <laughs> no ah, okay right uh, but uh, no I'm, I'm, uh, if anything i'm going to be um uh, trying to recreate the house of uh, 1975 with uh, a couple of uh, analog uh, drum machines and, uh, and a, a, a filtering uh, uh, sequence uh, noise and uh, I'm going to change my name to um, Frozenson. Frozenson. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, not well, whatever, not. I mean, if it's current, you know, you well, never know. Somebody's got to do it because he's not. Anyway, um, the, um, and it's interesting because uh, my first thought is, is great. And uh, yes, our mutual friend Simon does do this, and still actively does this, and uh, is making some some money from it. And um, there was a company called Audio Network, which um, are big, certainly in London, around post-production houses. And uh, I remember them being set up uh, and getting the press release about this. I think they're ten years old this year, and they were um, in a recent listing of uh, top one hundred. Uh, most successful startups. Uh, oh, really? Uh, you know, coming back to it, or in terms of the growth, or they 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 just won an award for something anyway, basically. So that there is uh, there is money to be made from this kind of thing. Uh, what it kind of 
well, two things that spring to mind. If you look at the comments at the end, the first thing that people have looked into is the royalty that you get. And there's some, did you see those? There's, there's some comments at the end about people saying, oh, you only get 30% and Getty Images get 70%. Surely more of a 50-50 split would be more appropriate. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know because uh, I've not explored that, but it seems that there is a little bit of kind of, well, yeah, that's all, all well and good, but um, Getty Images should be giving them a bit more a share of the pie well but publishing is generally the other way around 70 30 isn't it usually the the artist gets the 70 percent and the uh yeah so uh, i don't know but so if that's that... true, then, then then it seems that that's slightly out of kilter but the thing about this is that um like most things uh the, the cream rises to the top with all these things and if you if soundcloud right go there you go. So if anybody has a track that says um, thunderstorm atmosphere and uh, you're uh, working for a, a film company or, you know, a, a, a post-production company and you do a search of thunderstorm atmosphere, are you going to – and you want it in a hurry, which a lot of these people do, obviously, because they're working for uh, an hourly rate and they, they need to get these things done in a hurry – are you going to search through SoundCloud and look for any old Joe Public? And I know the people who are listening to our, our, our uh, uh, podcast here, this gives them an opportunity to get their music out there. But if you are... So if you look at it the other way around, do you think it's actually, yeah? Yeah, I think that's why there are... Well, I, I mean... Whatever, because they have a pre-filtered quality, quality filter on them rather than the democratization of which I'm all for but at the same time you get any old crap out there uh, with people thinking well why isn't my stuff being picked up it's perfectly good uh, it's, it's one of those things where uh, they shouldn't be making they shouldn't uh, let's hope nobody gets sees this news and think right I'm going to get into films all of a sudden and presum presumably also I mean <laughs> it does raise issues as you know really you should be able to up they should you have to upload the source files because I don't know what SoundCloud does with the source files but it converts them all to mp3 of some kind or uh, flag or something all uh, oh, right okay but I mean and this does come back to the the recent experience we had with SoundCloud where we were curating a competition with Isotope and frankly it was an absolute nightmare to search and filter and compile anything using exactly. their current site structure so unless getty get a special kind of uh, uh developer interface where it's much easier for them to see what's going on you're right see, nobody's going to be asked at all are they frankly well I've, i was just doing a project and i was using audio networks to source some sounds from actually and and uh there's really a handful of places that i will go to look for sounds if i need sounds I hadn't used audio networks before. The person that I was working with suggested them and gave me a list of sounds. What it boils down to, really, when you're working on this sort of stuff, is how well the database worked, being able to provide coherent links to stuff in the database. So the SoundCloud idea that you can tag stuff and tell people, like, go here, kind of works. But really, they're going to have to... They need to be able to... Uh, they need to be able to UR, you, you need to be able to give someone a URL that will take you directly to a point in a sound file. They need to sort out their database and their tagging. It's nowhere near comprehensive enough for this yet. It's not to say that it couldn't be fixed. And that playlist issue we had was just ridiculous. I mean, they need to open up playlists and give people. They, they need to be able to give uh, the end user a lot more than three playlists, and they need to be able to give. In the same way YouTube allows people to create You playlists. make your own playlist. Yeah, hey, I made this playlist. Yeah, I found this really cool stuff. Here's a list of it all. Yeah, absolutely. Because otherwise it's going to be hard to find. I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, but 
but yes. Uh, there's also artists without a label are also doing something. So if you're a songwriter and you um, write music and you want to put it in iTunes so that people can find it, because there's a really well database um, music search engine, um, then artists without a label are doing like. Hmm. Hold on there, folks. Looks like we got a Skype quit. Um, it shouldn't affect anybody else. Right. Let's go and get everybody back again. I'm ever so sorry about that, fellas. In conclusion. <laughs> nice. Very smoothly done. In conclusion. I, I, you know how I'm going to conclude? I'm going to conclude by saying that it's going to be massively successful. The reason it's going to be massively successful is because SoundCloud is a brilliant name. And everything that's happening out there in the moment is all cloud-based. So we're talking about sound, sound and clouds. I mean, it says what it is on the box, doesn't it, or the tin. It's immediately apparent what it is. And if you're a, a film producer looking for sounds and somebody says to you, oh, just go and look on SoundCloud, you'll remember that one. You might not remember audio networks or one of the other, you know, sound dogs. or so. What's that got to do with anything? You know, it's a huge sound company, but you won't remember it. You will remember SoundCloud because you've so, got cloud in your iPhone and in your house. And Yeah, well, that's a very good point. Else, I mean, so. the, the one thing that... Uh, no, one, it's not. No, it's not a good point. No. <laughs> all right. I mean, I just want them to sort their tagging out, that's all. <laughs> sound Dogs have been a massively successful American-based uh, sound library for years. Just yeah, because it's yeah, got the word cloud. Cloud is like if you've never heard of any of these things, SoundCloud's going to lodge in your mind much more than. Yeah, SoundCloud. I think Mark's true. And also, for years, what about the time that Reservoir Dogs came out? So you know, it was the Zeitgeist, wasn't it? Maybe. Oh, dear me. <laughs> <laughs> Audio Network. Oh, what do they do again? I yeah. know. I need. <laughs> yeah, well, they could do a variety of things. Actually, Dave, they could network audio. Yeah. Over yeah. Cat Five, or they could produce sound effects, which doesn't sound quite so likely. This is this is rubbish. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Dave Spears. Um, I'm sorry, it's the Betamax versus VHS. Well, maybe, maybe it is the oh. lowest common denominator. I think I, actually, I think Mark's got a point because at the moment, you know, I've been I've been noticing more and more on our news items. You know, if I use a recognised brand in any, of, you must see this as well, Dave. You know, if you use a recognised brand in any of your headlines, it does generally better than something descriptive about you know something interesting you might have found which may be fascinating and really worthy and you know something that you think should get a lot of a lot of interest but generally if if it's got a brand in it then it 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 does better because people jump to that moment at the moment that's facebook google twitter youtube and soundcloud (laughs) well and you know in our world there are similar uh similar paradigms as well yeah yeah, Hoover. <laughs> All right, then. I'm going to... I'm. Gonna, well, Sinner's Music in the chat room agrees with you, Mark. Um, you, you're prepared right. to go. Um, right, anyway, that, that's enough for now. Sausages, I'm, sausage, Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure what that was all about. So, uh, well, SoundCloud... So, hang on. So, so if, if, do you think if I started a, a, wow, a website called SoundLound, do you think that would do better? Sound what? SoundLound. Sound lound. What's that? No. Well, SoundCloud. Oh, it's got the. It hasn't. It doesn't rhyme with sound. No, you need to change the magazine to Pro Sound News Pro Cloud. Pro Sound Noun'd. Cloud. Pro Sound Cloud. That's what you've got to call it. Yeah. <laughs> Just pitch it to it's the board. The they it's will the agree cloud. if you get the marketing expert, but you play one in the films. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right then. Um, next up, let's let's um, sound boobs. Geeky Disco says in the chat room that would work. <laughs> Yeah, there's a good. He's got a good point there. Let's combine the two most prolific uh, sound boobs cloud. Boobs cloud. <laughs> okay, this is getting out of hand. Right, it's time for an ad. I've got to register that now. I think. Well, while you do that, I'll do an ad. Okay. So I want to say thank you very much to Yamaha for their continued sponsorship of the show. This is uh, obviously their world of apps. Did you know they've got over 20 applications and counting in the music category alone? Taking Yamaha, They're taking the world of apps very seriously and they're doing a lot of stuff. Uh, we've got Synth and Keyboard Art and Drum app, uh, which now is Synth Art and Drum app. 61 sounds, 7 kits plus effects, 5 songs, 16 pads. There's also uh, Faders XY pad for controlling your mocks, your Motif XF, your Mo- S90X, S70X, Motif XS and Rack XS. Uh, there are similar ones for voice editing on those keyboards as well, which give you sort of closer control over the elements, XY pad control, effects, filtering, uh, much more sort of touch control. The other aspect that uh, is also very interesting, we looked at set, we looked at Setlist Organizer, which is a great app. Uh, you can check that out on our Sonic Touch podcast, and that allows you to send program changes, put uh, various different notes and photographs and stuff. So, like, set, you know, if you've got certain settings you want to recall, here it is on the spinny globy thing. Um, again, another great app from Yamaha. So, really, if you're interested in doing anything musical on your apps you've got some Yamaha kit or you haven't you do check out the Yamaha apps on iTunes or go to uk.yamaha.com there it is right there once again we thank them very much for their continued sponsorship of the show So uh, we had lots of people being musical and then some sh- interface shots. But this is actually quite a big deal, Mark, because uh, uh, and this is you know uh, another piece of software that has for ages been PC only, and now we're getting it on another platform. And you were kind of seem to be the most thrilled about this because you pointed this out um, when I said there was a dearth of other news items this week. So I'm going to let you take this one first, Mark, if that's all right. Um, you use SoundForge, yeah? SoundForge, yeah. I do use SoundForge all the time for everything. Um, and I use it on a PC partition on a MacBook Pro or on a PC partition on my other computer, iMac computer. Um, so to me, it seems like a really important move to like get that into the Mac world because that means there's one less reason to use a PC on my computer. Um, the only other reason I'm using it is for Fruity, Fruity Pro. What the Fruity what Loops, yeah, Loops. Fruity Loops Studio. Which yeah. I think went Mac. Did that not go Mac earlier this year or late last year? No. No? Oh, no, it went mobile. Sorry. Take it all back. Uh, yeah, it went mobile. Um, but um, 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 so, so I, I talked to somebody at Sony, and somebody at Sony sent me a, a copy of the software, and I tried to load it onto my computer, and it said it wouldn't go on my computer because I don't have 10.7. I only have 10.6.8. And I don't think anybody who's running Pro Tools 8 or 9 can run 10.7 
uh, what's the word? Uh, officially, can they? Uh. So I haven't been able to test it. I'm very disappointed. I'm going to have to build a machine specifically to test it on, <laughs> and then that kind of negates the yeah, whole... Yeah, so you, you need another boot partition. You may as well just boot into boot camp. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, That's an but interesting it does point. look good. It does look really good, and um, Sony did say to me that some of the feature set from the PC version uh, are missing, and as a power user, I might miss some of those, and I said, well, I'll try it and see how I get on with it. So... Um, I, I do think it's important because I, because the the other um, piece of audio editing software was TC Spark, wasn't it? And that's disappeared. Yeah. Bias Bias Peak, that's really good, um, but I can't remember if that's going still or not. Is that still? No, uh, Peak went um, went the way of uh, many things. Uh, in fact, they went. Down. Did it definitely? Because I've got a, kind of a slight inkling that it might have come back again, but uh, in a slightly different form or as a slightly different company. But I might be not, wrong. Not that I'm away uh, aware of yet. Right. No. Oh, I don't think so. Okay. No. So, um, so Soundforge really is the kind of the two-track editing de facto standard. Then, as far as I'm concerned, and. And yeah, I know there's cool edit on the PC and everything, but yeah, I, I mean, there's a variety. I mean, it's one of the ones that's been around for the longest, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah, kind of so, exactly. and Sony saw something in it that made they bought the company for what 18 million back in 2003. So I mean, that, that was a lot of stuff. And Sony have been, you know, they kind of been struggling a little bit with their software releases. We use Sony Vegas, and there are lots of issues with that that just uh, they they seem to be completely avoiding and but going, look, these buttons look more 3D, you know, but. Um, that, I mean that's a bit unfair. But. I've been playing around with their um, uh, their oh god, what's the thing called? RX2 kind of derivative kind of thing. Although it's not a RX2 derivative because it's just it's called spectral layers and it like layers all these different. It pulls the sound apart in a similar but not the same way as RX2, and that's quite interesting. Mm. I think the thing that, that that I find most interesting about this is this this idea that we're getting towards a place. I mean, really, we should be in a place surely where the tool we just use it on on whatever platform we want. It's it's kind of irrelevant. Yeah. I mean, are we going to get to the position where we absolutely have you know for anything to be taken sort of really seriously, it just run on any hardware? I mean, uh, uh, and if that's the case, you know, what needs to happen for that to actually? be a reality dave spears <laughs> being the developer voice yes. um proper sdks all of those things and a nice proper platform to develop for cooperation from the companies who want you to develop on their platform god the list is endless uh. but i don't know in reality i'm not i'm not as convinced as you that it will happen well, it's interesting, I mean, because I was talking to the Bitwig guys, um, which I, I think I spoke about at the time, and they've developed this kind of meta-compiler. So they write everything, and it com- this meta-compiler just compiles, spits out Linux, Mac OS, and PC. In, so you get parity across all uh, features at the same time when ev- with every build. I mean, obviously, this is still very much kind of in development. You know, they haven't optimized it and all that stuff, because, I mean, imagine that's where the real pain comes into it. But, I mean, it sounds like a tool like that just sounds kind of a bit like the holy grail i mean surely there's going to be i mean people have been trying to make those kind of things for years i mean is it feasible yeah and i mean really i expect if we're a kind of uh what would you call us a middleware company so the constraints that are put upon us are put upon us by the hosts 
and the OS developers and all those kind of things. So that's kind of it's 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 a, diff, it's a different kettle of fish, I think, if you're developing a door or a host. Yeah, I, I suppose though, you've got all that. Well, there's a lot more real time aspects to it. You know, it's not like building a, a, an office interface or whatever. Yes, I agree. Um, very much so. I know, Dave Robinson, I mean, you know, in the world of um, live sound, uh, there's quite, you know, what, what were we talking? I forget the name of the software that, um, that the Underworld guys used or, or were being using for the Olympics. Oh, pyramid. Pris- pyramid, pyramids, pyramids, which is like really kind of quite antiquated in some respects well certainly Ooh. you know not antiquated but but as conservative in its kind of uh you know trying to add features and what have you and it's and it works on a single platform i mean is there any need for convergence or is it just a, a red herring well I, I would disagree that it's antiquated it's it, uh if you are suggesting that i i feel there's a there's a there's a kind of pro tools that's all we need that's that's almost i know you're not saying that but suggests that you are no i I very much no no i don't think there is i mean i think it would just you know it'd be great to be able to go i want to run this software on anything imagine if pro tools did rule the world um then if without any competition then we would have a bit of a problem wouldn't we i would say emerging technology uh pyramid systems tend to get used um where and they they run on a, on a PC and there's a breakout you know there's a, there's a separate engine. They tend to be used where absolute reliability is uh, is is paramount. And um, obviously Pro Tools is very reliable. But I've seen it at BBC, for instance, uh, being used on certain shows where they will record with um, or they will use Pro Tools for for uh, for playback of, of of bits and pieces. But they will record. The, the show for a, an archive reason or for playback later on a pyramid system because they want to make sure that it, it never drops out. Anyway, um, but they're very different things. Merging uh, and, and the pyramid system is, is a different beast, but oh, it's, it, it's used for different things. Yeah. In the same way as the Sadie stuff, uh, you know, is a, is a DAW, but you'd use it in broadcast and you wouldn't necessarily use it in, uh, in recording. Um, just on that point, though, about uh, uh, software becoming defunct, um, Mark, uh, peak bias went down in June, so it's quite recent. Oh, it's recent, is it? Oh. Yeah, and um, it says, I'm reading something on createdigitalmusic.com. Peak joins Apple's own Soundtrack Pro and WaveBurner, and once upon a time, Macromedia Sound Edit, along with tools like DigiSound Designer Blow and TC Electronic Spark, they've all gone down, or they've all been... Um, uh, yeah, I used, to use, uh, I used to use Bias Deck. That was the first four-track recorder. Like I also used to use Sound Edit Pro as well for all my editing on the Mac OS. Gosh, whenever it was, yeah. I mean, yeah. those so are those really ones. Sony have just filled a huge gap then, because well, in but, terms but, of that being able to like edit right in on things and do those. I mean, I know you can do some of those things in a multi-track, but in in terms of being able to just do it on the screen and zoom in and be able to do stuff quickly with key commands, I find that SoundForge does something that. I don't want to have to load up a big multi-track and sort of set it all up so that I can edit. I just want to sometimes open a sound file, play around with it, and then throw it back into what I was doing. So um, it seems as if Sony have filled an important gap then, doesn't it? Well, there is, in quite a lot of doors, you know, it says, choose your sound editor, external one. And I I don't know what that is anymore. (laughs) Pro Tools and and Logic say that. Yeah. Go, Dave. Yeah, and sorry, but there was, uh, there's um, Wave Labs, still going strong and uh it's not mac though is it well, well no but uh, oh, okay if you're talking i'm saying sony have mac. just put you know they've landed right in 
the they're yeah. going to be the only or the the standard kind of two um, uh, actually red walks in the chat room says uh, adobe audition that's uh, that's quite adobe. expensive as well actually isn't it i think that's about 350 bucks from what i remember last time i oh. looked and that was cool edit wasn't it it must have been to begin with yeah yeah, yeah. but wave Lab has been ported to the mac actually it says here <laughs> so there you go so no, so it does, you see, it supports my argument that we need to, you know, that software almost has to be uh, platform, in, you know, independent. I well, mean, it doesn't we, make any difference. If we talk about your argument for a second, I've got a really brilliant piece of software that I got free called Room EQ Wizard, which was uh, Ethan Weiner, who I sounded like two weeks ago, apparently, <laughs> according yes. to the chat room. He was the guy that kind of turned me on to that piece of software, and it runs in Java, so it will run on a Mac or on a PC. The Java bit's a bit... Yeah, sketchy. Sketchy, but, you know, it does show that you can write one piece of code... And yeah, all you need is a massive amount of CPU to sort of get over the inefficiency <laughs> of the extra layer that Java adds. It runs really well. I mean, it does do what it says it's meant to do, and it does it really well. So, you know, in terms of, like, pick, uh, in listening to a room and working out what EQ curve to put on a set of speakers to, to flatten it out, it's, it's but, really good. But that's nothing to do with editing software, is it? No, but no. it's a, it's a software that runs on more than one platform. Well, it would run on any, yeah, I suppose that would run on any platform. I mean, if it's Java, it'll run on Linux as well. But I, I, I'm still, you know, very much of the, uh, I think, the first the first people to sort to, to, to figure out and crack the ability to run on Linux efficiently, you know, so you can just kind of power it up easily, are really going to clean up. And I'm surprised that some of the bigger coding houses haven't sort of let slip that that's what they're working towards. I mean, I'm surprised. Well, that's, that. that's audacity, isn't it? Uh, well, I suppose. I mean, that's... But it, it, it's still not... In, it's Yeah, it's not integrated. I mean, I'm talking about something no. that will work across anything then, you know, like the idea with Bitwig is you just open it in anything and you can run it on a Linux box. And that's fine too, you know, because I'd much rather if I was going to dual boot, run into a dual boot a Linux box and then have just that totally clean because I'm not using it for anything else and just use all of those spare cycles that were used to, you know, springing my windows open and closed and all of that and printer drivers and what have you going into the efficiency of the audio engine, you know, so I get the choice. Traditionally, that's what, what you did with an old computer when it got kind of beyond the legs of being able to run Windows or Mac is you threw Linux on it and sat it in the corner and used it as a server. But but that only works because you haven't got any GUI kind of going on. And all of the Linux stuff that I've used that makes any sense to me at all are, are things like Ubuntu, which is just like a, a kind of a graphical front end to Linux that uses <laughs> loads of CPU cycles. Well, it does, yeah. I suppose the so. whole thing down. Um, well, I, I mean... So, I, I, I don't I, know. I mean, how are you going to do that and retain the... The the you know the simplicity of the, the you know the underlying machi the machine code that makes Linux work. I don't know. Dave Dave Spears will tell us one day when he's figured it out, no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> it won't be me who figures it out. Yeah, I can tell you. <laughs> I know a man who can. Yes, I know four or five who can put their heads together and uh, probably do it. Right, um, well, Dave Robinson. Get, sorry, get the bass guy from last week who made that little bass thing, the bass boy. Oh yeah, maybe he can do. It. Well, we've got. A, probably do it i'm sure he could dave robinson yeah, i know that it's getting to be close to five are you got have you got a hard out or are you uh are you okay I've with got us? About, 
Well, I've got a meeting, actually, but I've gone about another 10 minutes. Okay, well, then maybe we should move on to... What do you fancy? Do you want the uh, Pringles drum kit? Yeah. what what I didn't get to say is that anything coming over to the Mac, being ported over and is uh, is solid and reliable, like uh, Sandforge, then then that's got to be fantastic news. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, About time, in fact. (laughs) Yeah. Good. Well said. Um, what would you like to do there, Dave? Would you like to take the... Um, you, you can choose the topic, seeing as you're the one Ooh. with the limited time. What's uh, left? Uh, Pringles drum kit, um, chip grooves, or um, photos a thousand words, which I haven't. <laughs> Ooh, what a choice. Yeah. Uh, well, I, well, I think... Well, let me, let me end with the Pringles drum kit. Okay, I think that's a fair point. Right, so I'm going to press go. Actually, that's not what I meant to do at all. What I meant to do was uh, do this. This Pringles drum kit. That was quite impressive, though. I was, yeah, but wait, there's more. This is the one thing that really kind of surprised me about all of this stuff is uh, when you actually start looking for people playing drum kits on Pringles, it's quite quite impressive. So here we go. This is uh, basically uh, uh, a company called Milden Studios who have created a Pringles drum kit sample pack, which I shall play now. It reminds me of one of the... I'm sure there's a Pringle advert that just uses the whole lot of sounds from it. And in fact, when I started looking, there were indeed... That's not a very inspiring demo, I have to say. But when I started looking, I started to see that there were all of these kind of things. So this is YouTube user Gummy20 uh, doing a... But this was the best one of all. I get to that. I just... I couldn't play this one. This was... This is the granddaddy of of Pringles drum kits, which if I fast forward it a bit, we can... Yeah, here we go. He's coming in now. Check this out. Bottom of the tin, they look like they're symbols. So what's next? And he's got a five-piece kit, but wait! Gets even better. Check the bass drum. (laughs) <laughs> go on get it on with it excellent stuff there I mean but the the the, 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 the Pringles drum, whenever I get a packet an empty packet of Pringles I can't help but sort of just do a little bit of uh, pinging on the either one one end of the box I mean it's just got a very compelling sound and this was really I mean obviously it's a bit of publicity for the free Pringles drum kit from mildenstudios.com I'm going to check it out and it's available as an SFS FFZ file which has additional sample mapping stuff in it you can use it with uh, what is it you can use it with some other sample packs, uh, sample playback stuff. But anyway, it just got me thinking, you know, what's the sort of everyday object that you find has the most musical potential? Dave, you're a drummer. You're going to have to go first. This is uh, Dave. I did Spoon. really like that. I did really like that. It was really funny, but they, they could have really, really played up on it, couldn't they? They could have had a little bald bloke singing in the air tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Dressed in a monkey suit. I found, uh, yeah, well, yeah, just a bald bloke. Um, so I've, found a few things i found this new percussion thing which i must have picked up from nam and somebody i think louise probably got bored of me mucking about with it so she um hid it for a few years so it's just resurfaced do you remember these 
Ah, yeah, yeah. Are you ever going to bring one of those? How? How weird. Aren't they called thunder boxes? Yeah. I think it is. It's got a thing here and it's called... Yeah, probably. That's the box. Yes, that's the thunder box. Oh, Great How about that then? Great skills. That's the Thunderbox box. The, the box, the Thunderbox. That's what would genius. you use that for, Davis? It strikes me as having a fairly, you know, if you wanted to, maybe you were working on a school pantomime where Hansel and Gretel were lost in the woods and it started raining and there was some thunder. It might be particularly it's, useful. It's amazing because you can just by, just by striking uh, that and you can strike it with loads of different things. Wow, I mean, it's like a spring reverb, isn't it, essentially? It basically is a spring reverb with an acoustic chamber on it. I think I've, you get those funny little kids' mics that have got the same we thing. Can, They're like plastic yeah, mics with a spring in them. I forgot that I got caught short earlier and had a wee in it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Dave, madness. you get that uh, thunder, Thunderstorm Atmos and get it loaded up to, loaded up to SoundCloud. Yeah, there you go. Look, Dave, that could be your first, your first Getty-licensed image track. Not Sound Dogs or Audio Network, SoundCloud. Here's another one. Yeah, why not? I think that's a great idea. Um, Thunderstorm SoundCloud. You've gone too far, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) PayCloud. Look up Boobs Cloud, actually. I did look up Boobs Cloud. (laughs) Somebody on Flickr has found uh, two clouds that look like a pair of boobs. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) Not what I expected. No. Um, (laughs) Arse Cloud, says Hayley (laughs) Terry. (laughs) I feel some show titles coming on. Mm. Thundercloud 08. Oh, yeah, Thundercloud. There we go. That's a good one. I think... Oh. Th- oh, Perfect. Can I just show, my, show you my other find very quickly? Yeah, oh, please do, Dave. I wanted, to, I wanted to use this. You remember on the, when you did the um, weirdest instruments, top ten weirdest instruments? What the hell is that? Well, it was made by Waddington's, and it's called Waddington's Computer Tune. Computer Tune. And it's got um, arpeggios on it and stuff like that. And it's got an output... So you can plug it into a very, very loud, and it's and it's mental. It's absolutely mental. Does it work? It does, yeah. But I haven't put a PP3 battery. I was so excited when I found that because when, in fact, it was Simon, wasn't it? Simon Power when he came here, and I was going, I've got this thing, and it's mad, and I've never seen another one, and that would be perfect for the weirdest um, synths or weirdest instruments. But I'd lost it, so I was really excited when I found it. Oh, anyway. well, I'm glad you're reunited. It's not a packet of crisps, though, is it? I mean, it's not a... No, no. But I know exactly what Nick says. As soon as you like... get, get Pringles, it's like... Always well, in fact, I, when I was looking at, on YouTube, I found that they've run all sorts of competitions where you kind of, like, make music using Pringles. And I remember the advert, you know, has a... You know, it's got a bite and it's got all sorts of... You know, they didn't have any of that stuff in the sound library. I mean, it seemed a bit pedestrian compared to uh, what noises I remember getting out of Pringles. Well, can I just say, having lost a uh, stone and a half in the last three months, that uh, Pringles are full of saturated fats. They certainly are. <laughs> so watch out, kids. And, uh, mm. and monosodium glutamate. They're yeah. Actually well, really once you pop, you just can't stop. As no, we yeah, and lysergic acid. <laughs> I don't recall that <laughs> being wish. in the ingredients. Hold we on. <laughs> only not if really, you leave, only if really leave them out damp, maybe, for a couple of years. Yeah. Mm. Um... Uh, <laughs> Because it's Herbert who does all this, isn't it? Uh, sorry, Herbert. Matt, Matt Herbert is the man who takes uh, objects and records them in, in as many ways as he can and creates whole albums out of the, uh, out of the sounds. Diego Stocco as well. Well, indeed. Yes. Uh, but, um, uh, uh, Matt, Herbert did, Matt Herbert did a recent um, 
show, uh, it, a concert called um, uh, called Pig or something, where he'd recorded all the um, all the sounds uh, involved in the rearing and ultimately the killing of a pig and the cooking of, I believe. Ah, how, yeah, com- how complete. That sounds, that's kind of concept art and music at the same time. Well, yeah. And food. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a hog roast at the, uh, at the premiere, perhaps? I didn't. Uh, I missed it, unfortunately. I was, uh, I think um, it's the Jewish New Year. Uh, Eamon Tobin does it as well, apparently. Lots of found sounds, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I just love the idea of the Pringles kind of as, a, uh, as an instrument. And, um, you know, if you wanted, I'm sure if you want to, you can um, use the free Pringles drum kit as the basis of things and then maybe enhance it with your own Pringle kind of uh, manipulation. So, yeah, there it is. It's uh, Milden Studios, free Pringles drum kit. Uh, but, Mark, I believe that perhaps um, you might have, um, I mean, you, you, you kind of are into finding sounds, ambisonics, that kind of thing. I mean, but is there any specific, you know, like, do you have a favourite saucepan or anything that, that just kind of has the perfect uh, rhythmic quality? No, not at the moment, but I do have something really weird going on with my car, and I haven't worked out how to um, how best to capture it yet. So I've got like a, um, I don't know what year it is even, 1990-something, another Ford Puma, which I drive my son to school in, and it's done 140-something thousand miles, and the left-hand, uh, or the near-side back wheel bearing has started to break up, and it's making this kind of... <laughs> Just in time for Halloween. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like thinking, there must be something I can do to capture that sound, because it, it kind of it echoes all around the wheel arch and stuff, and it makes like this... It's a really interesting noise, actually, and I, I am going to find a way of uh, capturing it. Don't you, can you just put boat. like a, um, that, a recorder in the boot or something? Yeah, but I've got to somehow get that noise separated from all the ro- uh, the noise of the tyres on the roads and all the rattles and bumps and bangs and stuff. So mm. I don't know quite how I'm going to do it, but I will find a way. I mean, maybe I need to get a, a, some kind of tape mic and tape it to the axle and just can, and and uh, get it by... <laughs> I just um, got this idea of the, the wires of the tape mic just wrapping itself around the axle and the wheel. It just sounds yeah. like an accident. I'm sure you can figure out how to do it, but, but and then of be course, careful, for God's sake. The other thing is there's boats as well. So I, I sort of uh, was trying to get hold of Leah again and read Oh, yes, because you did that, um, that project, didn't you, where you were making a symphony of boat music. Yes, exactly. Mm. And I'm trying to rekindle that because, mm. well, I want an excuse to go and roar around the Solent in a very, very fast boat. Yeah, well, why ever not? That sounds like a great reason to, uh, to get back involved. Um, I don't know. It just seems like a bit of fun, obviously, once again. Um, but the Pringles was your choice there, Dave, as bringing it to yes. the forefront. But yeah, it's, Thank you. That's I all right. I have to leave you because uh, I'm no, feeling a bit peckish. Yeah, you suddenly suddenly got to head down to the... Uh, the, the, the I, I don't remember what, what, the, what your parent company is now, the, uh, the canteen down there. In, uh, we don't have a canteen. We have a, we have a, uh, a news agent downstairs, and they sell um, very big packets of Monster Munch. I'm going to go have some pickled onion for <laughs> later, right? Do they do the ones that make your tongue go blue? Yeah, all of those. I bought a box of those for a friend for Christmas once. Well, that's fascinating. Right, I've got to go now. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that thing about the bees? Uh, uh, no. I've bees in France, and they've been getting into the M and M's, and they've yeah, been yeah, yeah. creating red, blue, and green honey, which is 
unbelievably bizarre, but they won't sell it, unfortunately. I think that's a, a, that it would be very marketable. Can they just put food dye in it? Wouldn't that be a much simpler? And uh, or is it is that no good? It has to be. No, the bees have done it. The uh, bees do it, man. After being genetically <laughs> modified and turned half mad by <laughs> the, the, mad the scientists. Bees get into the M and M's. What, 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 what could like, possibly go wrong? Messing yeah, like with the bees. The bees. <laughs> yeah, they become See? C's. <laughs> oh, why, oh, why? Right, I'm off. <laughs> Dave, Dave, uh, Dave Robinson, ProSign News Europe, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, and enjoy your, um, your canteen visit. And uh, thank oh. you very much. Oh, thank you. Bye. Right, it's going to re-jig itself. While, while Skype re- re-jigs itself or not, I'm going to... Uh, Ah, there we go. That's it. So now I can go back to here, uh, here, here, and here. Um, I've got to go, Nick. You've got to go. Well, that sounds yeah. probably like a pretty good time to stop the show because, frankly, yeah, we'll quit while we're ahead. And uh, now Dave's now we're not a double Dave week. Feels <sighs> like feels like Dave. one of the Daves gone. We're only half. We've got only half a quotient of Daves. Um, yeah, birthday boys turned up. So thank. Ah, oh, well, fair enough. Say happy birthday to him uh, for me. Thank you very much. Uh, well, that was Sonic Talk number 286. Uh, this has been uh, Dave Spears here on the left here, g4software.com, makers of fine musical instruments. We also had uh, Dave Robinson, ProSign News Europe, who has now gone. And, of course, we've just got Mr. Mark Tinley there. Um, Hello. Likebeing.com. So thanks, guys, and thanks very much for another great show. Uh, that's it for this week, and we will um, we'll speak again soon. Take care. Okay, thanks, Nick. Wow, that was Happy birthday for tomorrow. <laughs>